Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, November 25th. Happy Blase Day, which is a total oxymoron, because blase means you're bored with life and unimpressed by the world around you. And if you're that, why would you be happy about it? Unless you're one of them people who's only happy when they're miserable and usually making everybody else around them miserable too. Know anybody like that? Yeah, so do I. So if that's you, either cheer up or take it on up the street because us Christians got work to do. Now wait just a minute there, Bible y'all, Paul. You might say, I'm a Christian and bored and unimpressed. Really? I answer. Are you sure? Because see, being blasé is kind of a B-system thing. I ain't trying to start nothing, but it's hard to walk with the Lord or know the Lord or have maybe heard something about the Lord or know how to spell Lord for more than about five minutes without being thunderstruck by the beauty and miracles he surrounds us with all the time, in spite of being deep behind enemy beast system lines like we are. So maybe I ought to go double check that salvation. I mean, I get it. Sometimes the fallen world and the beast system's steady drip drip of torture can wear you down. That's why you gotta cling to the Lord with everything you got, which takes work. It ain't like you get saved and then everything's fine. Salvation ain't the goal, it's only the beginning of a very long and arduous and amazing journey. It's something you work out with fear and trembling over a lifetime. Or let me put it this way, the word blasé probably comes from two French and Dutch words meaning to be oversatiated and drunk on alcohol, two of the beast's favorite go-tos for keeping you from knowledge of the Lord. And remember in Animal House when Dean Wormer told Flounder, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son? Well, here you go. Our reading for today is Daniel 1, 1 through 223, 1 Peter 3, 8 through 4, 6, Psalm 119, 65 through 80, and Proverbs 28, 14. So if y'all are ready, darn Dean Wormer spitting facts. Somebody ought to needlepoint that on a pillow. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 24th in the Old Testament, we read Ezekiel 47.1 through 48.35. We finished this book. And these two chapters, he's still going around looking at the third end times temple. And he had a vision of water flowing from the temple to animate and refresh all the inhabitants of the earth. And Hebrew tradition speaks of a spring of water named Etham, on the west of the temple, whose waters were conducted by pipes into the temple courts for the uses needed in the ministration of the priests. But water is also used symbolically to represent the Holy Spirit, which is what this sounds like to me. And then that dude with the measuring rod, remember him? Well, he's still there. He measures eastward, and every thousand cubits, the water gets deeper until it's a raging river he can't cross. And later it talks about how this water nourishes and heals every living thing on earth. So that's definitely millennial rain, I think. But the miry places thereof and the marishes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt, places to which the living water does not reach. So there's still going to be the unsaved in the thousand-year rain. Then it details the borders of the land, which were the original borders, I think, all across Jordan and Syria, and not that little sliver of land they have right now. And as long as we're on that subject, I did the math on this one time. Israel, as it is right now, is 270 miles long, 9 miles wide at its narrowest point, and 85 miles wide at its widest. Israel is roughly half the size of the Florida Panhandle. It's about a three-hour drive from one end to the other. 
If you laid Israel on top of the Florida panhandle, it would stretch from Pensacola past Tallahassee, but not quite to I-75. Israel's total area is 8,522 square miles. The 10 Florida counties between the Perdido and Apalachicola rivers total 8,794 square miles. So imagine you live somewhere between these two rivers. Now imagine the people in Alabama, Georgia, and North Florida have been slaughtering you for 70-something years, and the rest of the world hates you and wants you to stop resisting. Mm. And that's where you're at if you're a Jew today. But then in chapter 48, Ezekiel details how they're going to divide up the land between the tribes, and how the holy city will be laid out. And the circuit of the city walls is a square of 4,500 reeds, which is 18,000 reeds total, which is not quite 37 miles. And Josephus, the historian, measured it off one time, and in his day, it was about four miles around. And he says, the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. No longer Jerusalem, but Adonai Shammah, because Jesus lives there now. And that wraps up Ezekiel's visions. And then in the New Testament, we read 1 Peter 2, 11 through 3, 7. And he starts out telling them to act right in front of the Gentiles, because they're going to trash talk you. But if they see y'all doing good, maybe they'll glorify God instead. So abstain from fleshly lusts. Obey the law and the government. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I mean, good luck. The ignorance of foolish men is never put to silence, but give it a shot. (laughs) You know how they say the best revenge is living well? Well, there you go. If you're a servant, honor your master, whether he's a good one or not. Because even if you suffer unjustly, suffer with patience. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Which I admit, I'm not good at being like Jesus, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. And then chapter 3 starts out by covering the duties of wives and husbands. He says to the wives, if any of y'all get saved, but your husband don't, just keep on being in subjection to him anyway, because that's how you win souls, with pure conduct. No husband was ever nagged into heaven. And if you're going to put on ornaments, don't put on fineries. Adorn yourself with good character, which is in the sight of God a great price. Likewise, ye husbands, treat your wives right. Give them the honor they're due, because y'all are both equal heirs together of the grace of life. And if you don't do that, your prayers will be hindered. Okay, verses 13 to 15. So submit to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. But then Peter gives us a clue as to when to submit. It's when or if the ordinance punishes evildoers and praises those that do well. This is not a mindless submission. Remember, Peter was in jail for not submitting to ordinances of men, and an angel broke him out of jail. We have plenty examples of heroes of faith that knew when to submit and when not to submit. Okay, and now I'm going to get into the husbands and wives. In verse 4, Wives are told to put on or adorn themselves with a meek and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Implication in the verses that follow is that the meek and quiet spirit is a fearless trusting in God spirit. Okay, verse 6 says, Do well and be not afraid with any amazement or hysterical. The Young's literal translation uh, says it this way, Not fearing any terror. Tried faith is precious in the sight of God, 
and a woman with a meek and quiet spirit has tried and true faith. Women are vulnerable in the world, and the devil really hates us. The more that meek and quiet spirit is developed in us, we, we can smile more and more at the future, like the virtuous wife in Proverbs 31. And I do have a love-hate relationship with that proverb. Then to the husbands, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. Honor her as a weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. New American Standard Version says, live with her in an understanding way. In a nutshell, my paraphrase in a nutshell, wives, honor your husband and don't freak out. Husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. Sometimes she will freak out, but it doesn't mean she doesn't honor you. So be kind. <laughs> Is that okay? You're silly. It's true. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 119, 49 through 64. And in the first section, each verse begins with the Hebrew letter Zayin. It's a prayer that God would not forget what he had promised. Because your promise is my comfort. The proud and wicked are hassling me, but I still hold fast to your statutes. And then the next section is the letter Cheth. He's asking for mercy for keeping the word in spite of all the trouble he's been through. Yeah, so having a rough spot and yet seem to be doing everything right. In verse 59, he evaluates his ways and changes up his walk. I mean, who doesn't do that when in trouble? You know, you want to know, how did I get here and how do I get out? And then in verse 62, he's not sleeping either. But at midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgment. So no matter what, he knows God will do right by him and he finds ways to cling to God. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 28, 12, and 13. And 12 says, When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. And that's better translated, men hide themselves. They shrink and cower for fear. But you get hunted up anyway. The Young's literal translation says it this way. In the exalting of the righteous, the glory is abundant. And in the rising of the wicked, man is apprehensive. So... When the righteous are happy, everyone's happy. But when the wicked are promoted, everyone is afraid. And verse 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Not in God's kingdom anyway, maybe in the world. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh his sins shall have mercy. Yeah, you can't get mercy without confession. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for November 25th is Daniel 1.1-2.23. through 2, The Book of Daniel In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, 
unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portions of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink, and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Chapter 2 And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep brake from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, and the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, for to shew the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will shew the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if ye shew the dream, and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore shew me the dream, and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will shew the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of certainty that ye would gain the time, because ye see the thing is gone from me. But if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me, till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can shew me the interpretation thereof. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can shew the king's matter. Therefore there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth. And there is none other that can shew it before the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious, and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. 
Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time, and that he would shew the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God for ever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. And our reading in the New Testament for November 25th is 1 Peter 3, 8-4-6. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Chapter 4. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. Our reading in Psalms for November 25th is Psalm 119, 65 through 80. Teth. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. 
but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Yod. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I not be ashamed. And our reading in Proverbs for November 25th is Proverbs 28:14. Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. And that's got it for the 25th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Genesis 1:27, which says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on the inalienable rights endowed to us by God at the creation, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, the philosophy of the founders paid specific attention to your creation of man in your image and your endowment of us as your imagers and as sovereign beings with the holy right of self-determination. We may worship you or worship other than you, but whichever we choose, no one, not even you, can place any lien against our right to make that choice. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to choose you over all else. And we humbly pray for the salvation of those who have not chosen you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, Just do whatever you have to to not make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. I've got three typos in there, and that's why I can't get through the sentence. (laughs) Josephus measured it of one time and is his day. (laughs) Yeah. I kept tripping over all of that. I blame Trump.